0: Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Brisbane Property Podcast. Um, Today, we're just going to, off the back of yesterday, Melinda did a webinar on the um, Smart Property Investment Show. So if you're interested to have a look at that, it's um, called Brisbane off the back of COVID-19. You can go to smartpropertyinvestment.com.au, click on the webcast tab. Um, we'll also put a link up in the show notes. So um, just have a look at that. It's fairly detailed. Um, good to have a, have a look and get some more information. So today, basically, what we're going to do is give you an update on Brisbane and talk to you about what's happening on the ground here in Brisbane, some data which always excites Melinda. We know that. And the latest data and some supply and demand. So let's kick off um, Give me some information, Melinda.
0: I do get a little bit excited about data. Some might say I'm a data nerd, but um, property investing is very much about the data, but it's not just about looking at data. It's about understanding the data. And that's what I like to do, especially here in Brisbane, because the data only tells us so much. Um, And obviously coming from a research background, I think it's important for people to understand that data um, comes in two different forms. The first form is the data that most of us are quite, familiar with and that is quantitative data which is the numbers and the facts. Um, It's the median values, it's the days on market, it's the auction clearance rates, that's quantitative data But I think equally important and certainly what we like to pride ourselves on is collecting what we call qualitative data. Now, that's data that we can collect by being on the ground. It's seeing how many people turn up at open homes. It's understanding how many properties are going to multiple offer. It's seeing real-time demand and supply metrics. And that's qualitative data. And that can only be um, obtained by being on the ground in a number of locations across Brisbane. So, you know, it's certainly something that we pride ourselves on as well.
1: Yeah, and that, that's probably where I can jump in and help out a lot more. That's the sort of data that that I can help with, definitely. Uh, and, and look, just quickly on that, some areas that we do, we're quite very active in uh, and we buy in. Lately, we've, we're seeing numbers, so the buyers are definitely back out again um, with all restrictions starting lift up. And we've got areas where there's 10 to 12 groups through. We've got other areas, um, as you come in a bit closer, that there's 20 to 30 groups at open homes. A lot of those properties, a majority, uh, are actually going to multi-offer as well.
0: Yeah, so there's some uh, qualitative data for you and um, just for those that love the numbers, let's have a look at what's happened with the quantitative data up until the end of May. Now, CoreLogic Home Value Index reports are always published at the end of each month. Um, headlines showed Brisbane dwelling values declined 0.1%, which is negligible. However, that is dwelling values. And you need to read into the data to understand what those dwelling values are made up of. So when we read into that data, we can look at houses um, remain un- remained unchanged for the month. So zero change in uh, property values. And the unit market declined 0.6%. So you can see dwelling values um, in this instance, the breakup between houses and units actually you know, significantly um, changes the interpretation of that data. So um, Scott's hit the nail on the head in terms of what's happening on the ground with current demand. Now we can overlay that with um, some data that you know, shows us what's happening on some of the large real estate search platforms. So realestate.com has shown that property search activity is up 47.5% from one year ago. And according to the data last week, it has continued to increase across 12 consecutive weeks So that correlates really nicely with the um, change or the increase in consumer confidence, which continues to grow throughout Australia. And it's certainly something that we've been experiencing here in Brisbane um, in terms of buyer activity. Obviously, consumer confidence um, is required for sellers to also return to the market. So Sales volumes fell 40% in April in Brisbane, but activity has jumped 22% in May. That's according to the Westpac Housing Pulse report at the end of May. So that's really reassuring that there are more sellers coming back into the market. And the latest clearance rates in Brisbane um, admittedly on low volumes, only 32 auctions, but a 68% clearance rate on the weekend just passed. We are recording on the 17th of June. Uh, now, obviously, Brisbane is not a market that is dominated by auctions. So, you know, we do only consider the auction clearance rates um, with a degree of caution, but it does show and explain that buyers, you know, are actively out there. They're able to to source funds. It's very cheap to get finance for those who can, you know, borrow money from the banks at the moment and and they're actively buying. So it's it's good and it's encouraging.
1: Yeah, it's also, um, I guess then if you jump onto the, that listing side of it and th- it's the pre-listing movement and things that are happening coming in before they go to market or where we try and look at them, obviously the uh, pre-market opportunities. And, And that's also increased. There's a lot more interest there. People are obviously seeing that the buyers are out. So they're probably thinking that it is a good time to think about selling uh, and move on if if that's what they've had in their mind. I actually caught up with a local agent uh, last Saturday morning. Um, He was actually heading out to 10 opens for the day. So his day was going to be very busy. Um, We just, we sort of said to him, well, what's happening? And he said, well, he doesn't know what's happened, but maybe it was when uh, everything was shut down that... There's a lot of divorces actually happening, which was quite quite interesting to hear that. So maybe that's uh, a way that numbers listings are starting to increase. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we shouldn't laugh at the um, the misfortune of others. Um, obviously, you know, we learn a lot about each other when we're locked up at home together. But you know, it's probably not surprising that you know the sellers that are coming to the market are not distressed uh, financially. Um, in this instance, that was um, anecdotal evidence from the agent that the sorry, the sellers that he's been talking to, a lot of them have been going through a divorce, which is why they were selling. Um, But when we look at the listing volumes, Brisbane still has listing volumes that are 30.2% lower right now than this time last year. Now, that's really significant. It just shows how tight the current supply is for properties. And yet, as Scott highlighted previously, we've got very strong buyer demand demand. driven largely by owner occupiers. Uh, But when we're having to sort of line up to go through properties, it does tell a story. Thankfully, uh, the last two Saturdays with social distancing rules being lifted, we have gone from having only 10 groups being allowed through a property at any one time at open homes that's increased to 20 groups through. So uh, potentially not as long to line up out the front of a property to get through on behalf of our buyers. And if you're out there, you know, doing your own inspections, you'd realise that, um, you know, those uh, restrictions being lifted will really help to, you know, improve the ability to get out and search for for homes for yourself.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it, it sort of jumps back to that, uh, the multi-offer side of it. And if no one, if you haven't experienced multi-offer, um, because of that demand and so many buyers being out there, with with limited numbers of, of properties being listed, it increases that demand. And, and the and the multi offer, it's not, it's obviously not the best situation. It's almost like a silent offer. It's best and final offer that you put forward. So you, you've got to be, you've got to know what you're looking at, what your values are, and um, and be a really strong um, contract offer. Really,
0: I think that for a lot of people that are buying in Brisbane who may be considering. Buying property as an investment—it's um, really important to understand what's happening in the rental market as well. So we work with a lot of property managers across Brisbane, and what we are being told is that rental arrears have not changed throughout uh, the period that um, we've had in recent months, which is very reassuring. And um, you know, something that you know, I guess, a lot of uh, property owners want to to ensure that they're monitoring the income that they're producing on their asset. Um, there are at-risk areas, and we're going to touch on some of those um, a little bit later, but when we're looking forward, there's some indicators that we can look at to determine well what's happening in different markets. So SQM Research put out uh, every week, um, weekly asking prices indexes, as well as weekly asking rent indexes. And that helps us to understand which direction either prices or rents are going in terms of their asking prices. It doesn't guarantee that those prices are achieved, but it helps us to determine the direction of the market. And across Brisbane as a whole, the change um, on a weekly basis and a monthly basis, the rolling monthly change, it's all positive across Brisbane. However, the same cannot be said in every sub-market. Brisbane is not one property market, as we all know, and there are some at-risk suburbs which we will go into.
1: So, yeah, that is interesting, actually. You would have thought under these circumstances that the rents probably would have dropped and there would have been probably less people looking and, and and be able to sort of get a bit of a bargain on on a rental property. So what, what are some of the areas, um, Linda, that we're talking that probably are at risk in Brisbane?
0: Yeah, I think it's relative to product type based on the areas and the data that we're seeing. Um, If you're buying an investment grade property in a middle ring suburb, rental vacancies between April and May actually declined in most areas. So what that means is it became a tighter rental market. Um, However, the at-risk areas are related more to high density unit apartment markets. The Brisbane CBD, for example, um, about 24% of all rents offered were discounted in May compared with only 14% in February, according to Domain. Two other areas at risk of rental price discounting. East Brisbane, about 15% of all rents were discounted in May compared with only 8.5% in February. And then a third suburb at risk, Milton. 32% um, of properties uh, showed uh, high rent discounting versus sorry in may versus only 10 percent in february so obviously location matters when it comes to property investing and identifying those suburbs that may be at risk in times like now is pretty critical to an investment strategy
1: and and what about the vacancy side of things due to vacancies
0: Yeah, vacancy aligns, I suppose, with rent discounting. So when we're looking at vacancy, it tells us how many properties in an area um, are without a tenant at any one time. Now, a lot of people will look at a vacancy rate at a specific point in time and make a decision based on that. Uh, Not only do we consider the vacancy rate at a specific point in time, but we also look at the trend in that vacancy rate, whether that vacancy rate is trending upward or downward. Uh, if you're an investor, you really don't want to be buying into an area where that vacancy rate is trending upward. Now, there's some very high risk areas in Brisbane right now for vacancy. Uh, The Brisbane CBD, Spring Hill and Petrie Terrace, um, they've gone from a vacancy in March at 5.7%, which is still actually quite high when we're considering a vacancy rate. But that's now increased in May to 13.5%. That's a huge, huge increase in vacancy. And that trend is upwards. So, you know, we're not, we're not sure where that's going to land. We've seen a lot of um, short term Airbnb type accommodation properties uh, transfer over into the long term rental market. And that's had an impact in that area as well. But the typical type of product that is located in the CBD and in the Spring Hill area, it, it's replicated throughout West End, Highgate Hill, um, and that's another market that's at risk of high vacancy at the moment. In March, the vacancy rate was 4.1%. Again, a little on the high side for an investment grade location, but that's continued to trend upwards. At now, it's now at 9.1% um, at a suburb level. Uh, Newstead, it's another high risk area. A lot of high-density unit development that's happened in that location as well. They've increased their vacancy in March from three point eight percent through to May at seven point seven percent. And of course, the final subject, uh, the final um, suburb on that list is Hurston, and that's in and around the Kelvin Grove uh, University Precinct. In March, a vacancy rate of 3.4%. Now that vacancy has trended upward to 7.7%. So, you know, if you're an investor in these locations, you may be hurting right now if you cannot find a tenant. And that's why there's a high correlation between high vacancy rates and rental discounting in these suburbs.
1: So those people that if you don't know Brisbane, if you're listening um, elsewhere and you're not too familiar with Brisbane, it's quite interesting if you look at that and you break that down a little bit with um, East Brisbane, Milton, West End, Spring Hill, all those areas, Newstead, Hurston, there's a lot of units in those areas and they're actually really close to the CBD. You're talking five kilometres uh, from the CBD in the, all of those areas, really close, good transport, good good locations, but there is a lot of uh, units in those areas. So read into that and, and you'll soon see uh, what's happening there. The other, the other thing we talk about is um, also rental stress. Um, what are the sort of areas that are struggling on that side of things?
0: Yes, it's very hard to obtain this sort of data um, that's relevant at the time that you're wanting it. But um, we've looked at some reports from Digital Finance Analytics, and there's a couple of areas in Greater Brisbane that are currently showing high levels of rental stress. Postcode 4300, which is in the Springfield area. Um, This report showed 50% of renters are currently struggling to pay their rent. Um, Another postcode at risk, postcode 4305, which is Ipswich, uh, and that's 48.7% of current tenants that are struggling to pay their rent. Now, as a landlord, that's going to be a pretty significant issue because if your gross rental yield is being impacted and you still have holding costs that can potentially um, put you into financial stress as well. Um, we've done some background research on these two areas, and they also happen to be locations where the median asking price for three-bedroom houses has fallen slightly over the last 10 years. So that's an interesting concept because if the asking price continues to fall, it means that the, the demand for properties in those areas is quite limited compare that with the median rental yields, which have been slowly increasing. So what that means for uh, people that live in that area is that over the last 10 years, these areas have become more uh, expensive to rent than they have been to own properties. Now, there's a huge opportunity cost of missing out on 10 years of compounding capital growth when you're buying in these areas. But there have been a lot of investors that are chasing a high cash flow that have, you know, targeted areas like this simply because they do produce a positive rental yield. So they will put cash in the bank year on year. But obviously, in times like now, when there are some wobbles in the economy, you know, these areas can really put you as an investor under stress as well. You know, you no longer get your high cash flows if you don't if you have tenants that can't afford to pay your rent. Um, and it does have a flow-on effect so uh, there's also that that huge opportunity cost of zero capital growth over that 10-year period as well that you would need to consider
1: yeah I, and that's again you just look at those two areas opposite directions from um from the other locations being 5ks from the CBd these ones are probably 20 30 even more, even <laughs> more from the cBd uh, quite a long way so be smart with your investment and um, it's that long-term investing that we look at Um, Also, um, suburbs at risk um, from the mortgage delinquency. Um, Yeah,
0: mortgage delinquency is another area that needs to be monitored because if people cannot afford to hold their properties because they can't afford to pay the mortgage, then that's going to be something that puts a suburb at risk. Now, um, S&P Global Ratings put out a report recently on um, the top 10 markets around Australia that are at risk of mortgage delinquency. And there's one location in Brisbane that is on that list, and that's Jim Boomba, um in the Logan City Shire, postcode 4280. Um, according to this report, the loans in arrears were around 5.4%. So, That's a market that's already been coming off the back of higher vacancy rates in excess of 5%. So there's already some indicators that we would uh, be able to see in that market and and obviously avoid it on that basis anyway. But it just goes to show that Brisbane is not one property market. Um, There's a lot of other suburbs in Brisbane where vacancy rates have continued to track downwards and vacancy rates are currently sitting at less than 1.5%, which means when a property is listed for rent. Um, We experienced this with a client who settled only a couple of weeks ago. uh, When a property is listed for rent and the first open home is conducted, you get multiple offers for rent um, as well. So you get to then select a quality tenant. Uh, I know our client had Eight applications. Eight applications, yeah. After the first opening on a property that he recently secured. So that's the sort of property that you want to buy when you know that there's huge demand from buyers, but also huge demand from renters to ensure that you're going to uh, cover the cost of holding that property through the rent that you're achieving.
1: And and along with that, when you've got eight people... Fighting over a property, you're not going to get the uh, the lowball offers to to get the rental side of things as well. So that's a, that again. That is the sort of property you want to get. It's in demand. People want to live there. It's a good location, uh, public transport, and and a lot of facilities around the area. So, um, so whereabouts in the property cycle are we placed at the moment?
0: Another good question. And um, you know, I think in the lead up to when COVID nineteen all came into our lives, there were some big uh, property institutions that were predicting huge price growth for Brisbane. BIS Oxford Economics were predicting 21% over the next three years. Um, QBE Housing Market Outlook had a similar projection for the Brisbane property market. Look, fundamentally, the underlying drivers of supply and demand haven't changed. What has changed is the macroeconomic environment, and that's due to the virus uh, coming into our lives. So we've definitely seen um, a small, you know, We've definitely seen an increase in the unemployment rate, for example, um, and therefore that will impact on some people being able to obtain uh, finance to purchase the property and it may also uh, impact on some people being able to pay rent. It has not been as bad as some had originally predicted, um, so you know that's reassuring. Um, in Queensland, the unemployment increased to 6.8% um, in April. But according to new payroll data released by the Australian Bureau of Statistics, uh, jobs in Queensland fell 6.1% between March and May, and total wages fell 4.6%. But this was actually less than the national average in both instances. So that's actually reassuring for our local economy. Um, The other thing that obviously may have some impact on Brisbane is that the population flows into Queensland have all but but stopped because the borders are closed. One thing to remember is that Brisbane as a city relies much less on overseas migration uh, than Sydney and Melbourne. Uh, Those markets are much more at risk from the international border closures. But we do see that population uh, growth in southeast Queensland will continue to increase once the state borders are open, and we already know that um, you know the the announcement for that is is going to happen at any day soon. So that's also reassuring because you know once the state state borders are open, we may be the recipients of more interstate migrants in the future on the basis of you know people having a rethink about where they do want to live on the back of you know what we've just been through as a nation.
1: Yeah. And I think it will increase. We're seeing things open up. We're seeing borders already open up. South Australia opened up. Uh, I think, I think Queensland won't be too far behind. So there's a lot of confidence there that things are happening. People are still um, traveling. Um, we, myself, we, ourselves, we actually looked at uh, booking some time away with the boys up the coast uh, in the, in the June, July holidays. Um, we looked at Noosa, for example, uh, There were, everything was booked out. So <laughs> We we moved away from that area, but we managed to get something. So we are going on a little break, which is great. Something to look forward to. That will that will continue. And the moment we open up again, look, people from down south and everywhere will flock to Queensland. It, it's a great place to holiday and, and also a great place to live.
0: Yeah, I absolutely think that domestic tourism will support the recovery in Queensland because. You know, my my parents love their caravan, and they have a community of other people that love to get in the caravan and travel. And from their reports, there's a lot of people that are on their way to Queensland, and that they're they're staying just south of the border, waiting for that announcement to happen where they can cross the border, come into Queensland, and head north. Um, I think that's really reassuring for the Queensland economy because the money that people would have otherwise spent overseas on these big European and and American holidays, it's going to stay within our own country. And, you know, more people are likely to take holidays that, you know, are local as opposed to spending all of that money overseas. And that's what we need during our recovery, spending that money on our local economy and putting people back into jobs. The other thing with Obviously, Brisbane moving forward, the major infrastructure projects uh, will also support our recovery. There's been announcements happening um, almost daily uh, with the federal government now announcing the fast-tracked inland rail link between Melbourne and Brisbane. That's only going to be beneficial for our economy over the longer term as well. Um, Obviously, pushing forward these major infrastructure projects does create jobs straight away, but it also creates those um, opportunities for the future. And property investing is not about making money in the next 12 months. Property investing is about the long-term gains uh, that you can make by making decisions now for your future 30 years from now. So that's what you know our focus is.
1: That, that'll be an interesting one, the uh, inland rail. I, I haven't had a good look at it myself. Um, with, with what's happening, I guess, with Virgin Airlines at the moment and and whatever happens there, we're not really sure. So to have another opportunity to be able to travel from down south up to Queensland, uh, that, that's a that's a really good move and I'll, I'm interested to have a bit more of a reader on that one.
0: Yeah. So I think when we're looking at the supply and demand metrics for Brisbane, you know, right now and looking forward, you know, we are coming off the back of very low listing volumes. Um, hopefully with some pre-listing activities starting to show some positive signs, we will see more properties being brought to the market in the coming Uh, weeks, which, you know, is only going to be absorbed by the number of buyers that are already in the market. Um, The longer term supply pipeline does remain very limited. Uh, Residential property approvals across Brisbane do continue to decline. So new dwelling approvals fell 17.5% across all dwelling types um, throughout Greater Brisbane to the year ending March 2020. So Dwelling approvals show the future pipeline of um, constructions and completions. Uh, So, you know, there's a lot of projects that are also going to be on hold or that are going to be abandoned due to COVID 19. And that's why the government has, you know, provided this stimulus to encourage new home buyers to, you know, build brand new products. Um, Obviously, just needing to be aware. And if you haven't already listened to the episode, um, on the home builder package, I encourage you to do so if that's a strategy that you're going to follow, because there are some risks that you need to be aware of if you do follow that approach um, from a long term, you know, capital gain perspective.
1: Might be an idea just on that, Melinda, um, if we just keep a close eye on the approvals going forward over the next month or so up after that government package, With the difference between units and resident um, and housing approvals, just to see what sort of change that actually has.
0: Yeah, I think that'll be really interesting to track because I know in conversations that I've had with um, Ray White Special Projects, who uh, sell predominantly development sites to um, both large and small developers across Queensland, you know, they've said that the market for higher density units has just stopped. There's still activity in this um, low density and you know the small boutique projects, but you know, we do rely on larger construction projects and and dwelling commencements to ensure that we can keep up with the demand for property. And, you know, as we've mentioned, with the the number of uh, interstate migrants that we've experienced recently, that's been increasing since 2015 again. You know, if that continues, once the borders are open, uh, we will be in a supply shortage uh, without you know, in in not too the not too distant future.
1: Yeah, and that that those numbers do reflect also. As as I say, I, I talk to people out and about. I spoke to a uh, one of the highest guys in um, one of the biggest construction companies up here in um, in Queensland, and and they also go around Australia. But their work forecast for next year is very very low. So that's that's reflecting on you know it's actually happening with those unit developments.
0: Yeah. I think the final point, just to wrap up today, is you know the affordability of Brisbane in relation to the Sydney and Melbourne markets um, at the moment. Now, you know we've had a period of very uh, flat price growth over the last ten years in Brisbane. We've been impacted by the 2011 floods that obviously softened prices for a couple of years. We've had oversupply in that unit market, um, which peaked in 2016, uh, and we're coming off the back of that now. The the supply and demand metrics right now. Um, are really strong in terms of very limited supply. And from a demand side of things, the demand is being driven by owner occupiers at the moment. We have been seeing investors coming back into the market over the last few weeks, driven largely by the attractive yields that that Brisbane has, um, driven also by the affordability, because the price point in Brisbane at the moment, median value of five hundred and eight thousand dollars, which is only fifty seven percent of Sydney's median value and seventy four percent of Melbourne's median value. So you get a lot more um, house or a lot, you know, more land for your money up here in Brisbane, and yet you still also get a more attractive rental return. So that's been attractive for investors. Um, And obviously, you know, gross rental yields in Brisbane houses at the moment, 4.1% according to CoreLogic and units at 5.2%. So you can see those that have been attracted to the yields of units, um, they may be hurting at the moment on the basis of some of the information that we've shared earlier. But even houses, I mean, 4.1% is the median value. It's not uncommon to achieve yields upward of 5% um, still in investment grade locations in Brisbane. Uh, Obviously, the rental yield will come at the compromise of capital growth. So that's something to be mindful of as an investor if you are chasing high rental yields. Um, But if you're unsure about locations in Brisbane and suburbs and, you know, which areas are going to deliver what type of rental returns, reach out to us at Streamline Property Buyers. That's what we're here to do. We're experts in the Brisbane market and um, we're really happy to help.
1: So I think we've, we've nearly covered most things there. We've given a bit of a wrap there on Brisbane. Um, look, everything's pretty positive. We're very positive with things here at the moment. Um, things, things look to be opening up. Things are brightening up. People are getting back to some normal life. Um, get out there, buy a coffee, support your local people. Um, let's get this economy up and running again and, and keep things moving in the right direction. So I'll wrap there. Thanks very much again for listening and we'll talk next time. Take care and bye for now.
0: Yeah, thanks for tuning in again, everybody. I hope that's not been too um, heavy with all of the data that we've shared today. But it's great to get an understanding of what's happening on the ground, as well as what that data is telling us, and then really filter through what that data means as well. So, um, if you are enjoying this podcast, all about Brisbane property, please tell your friends to subscribe. We would love if you could share a review um, and you know tell others about you know what we do and and the information that we share. So, we look forward to coming with to you again with some more information next week but until then have a great week and bye for now thanks for tuning in today please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is generally nature and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances if you like today's episode don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on itunes and of course tell your friends about us